and we are live. Good to see you today, my EOS podcast friends. Today, we are with John. We're going to be talking about EOS Planet, and we're going to be talking a little bit about EOS and uh, just what's going on with EOS Planet. It's a, it's a fun app. So, John, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, um, I'm John. I am um, the creator of EOS Planet. Uh, it's um, a kind of Minecraft clone on, um, on the runs on, on blockchain, especially on EOS. I am in, I was involved uh, with EOS uh, since uh, in the beginning of it, and I was really actually looking forward to to doing that from the first time I, I started coding on EOS. Um, I have been. Um, involved with blockchain since um, the early days of of Bitcoin so um, it's a very um, exciting to to see how we got here actually to, to have years yeah it's uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about you know mine minecraft on blockchain because it's such was such a viral viral hit um, so it'd be interesting to see how many people we can get uh, using it on EOS. Um, we'll, we'll dig into EOS Planet here in a little bit. Uh, the first question I always ask to start off the show is, what's most interesting to you in EOS in general right now? Uh, well, um, EOS uh, for me as a developer is very special because it really brings down boundaries right now. Um, it's pushing the envelope of what we can do on blockchain. The way that it does it also being in C++ that allows you to do real, real, real things like it's not like Solidity, for example, a scripting language or um, it is a thing that you can actually really create anything on. So this is very exciting for me as a developer, um, but it also as blockchain enthusiast. Uh, the the things that it brings to the table in, in in the way of algorithms that are used like TPOS or TAPOS that it uses for uh, securing the chain all these things are uh, at this time I think very undervalued by the community and uh, we um, will probably see in the future something much bigger out of this so that's why EOS is so, so exciting to me. Yeah, the DPoS is, is a really interesting experiment. What what parts of um, of DPoS do you think are most valuable and what parts in the future do you think might kind of fall away or change? Well, um, DPoS, first of all, it is actually using the computation for for real things, which is a big departure. Uh, from proof of work and the thing is that um, that was there before EOS uh, other chains that used it um, are okay the thing is and what people don't realize is that uh, DPoS as implemented in EOS is actually more secure than uh, Bitcoin for example the um, uh, I mean, I see people senior in the blockchain um, see not understanding that, but like for example, they say that uh, one big argument I hear a lot of times is 
uh, on Bitcoin, you cannot uh, rewrite history, for example, unless you have um, immense uh, CPU power. Uh, and uh, in EOS, you cannot do that even if you have immense CPU power. You, you will actually have to have all the private keys of all the users that ever signed on the chain to do that. It's not just the producers. It's an amazing idea that Dan had uh, with the Tapos thing. You can never rewrite history in EOS. It is, it is amazing. And people don't realize that because they stuck to the depots. And I mean, if you have just depots, of course, you can uh, rewrite history with different producers, for example, and go back at any point and agree that you start over. Uh, with Tapos also, you can, cannot do that. Um, it will not work. So, um, yeah, I see bright future for Depos, especially the way that it is implemented in EOS. Yeah, the <clears throat> so you're saying that uh, I mean they they can basically they can they can change things within the chain, but the history is always there. There's no there's with with how EOS is done. There's no way to actually rewrite the history, but you can but you can update the current state of the chain. Is that right? Of course, that's a feature. I mean, every all the time we're updating the the current state. The thing that is immutable is the past. So, and that's a misconception that a lot of, a lot of you know things happen with the launch of years when about the, you know, the arbitration and how, and a lot of people thought that this changes the history. No, this doesn't change the history. This is just mutating um, the current state, um, which is, um, okay, you can do, you, we can do that. Like uh, in all chains, the thing is that you cannot go back and rewrite something. Mm -hmm. And that cannot happen um, in any way because I don't know if I want to be technical here, but it's about the thing that every transaction in EOS validates the chain that it is on. And because you sign that transaction with your key, uh, that transaction is not valid in any other fork that happens. If someone goes in the past and forks it and starts a new one, your transaction is, does not apply now in that chain, only in the original. And to change the transaction, they essentially have to get your private key. So even like the most powerful entity on the planet, I don't know if that's NSA or whatever they say, it is, they, they can't do it. Um, while in proof of work, if, if somehow they get the power, the CPU power, they get six months of CPU power in one hour, they will, they will rewrite six months in one hour and no one will know. <clears throat> So yeah. it's better, actually, in security. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I, you're going back six months. You have to get every single private key of every transaction that's been done yeah, exactly. to exactly. change the history. So and resign those again so they fit in the new chain that you're creating. It mm -hmm. is, uh, yeah, that is. I mean, that's, that's basically impossible. Whereas there, even though it's really hard and proof of work to somehow get 51% passion, hashing power, yeah. there is that possible, at least there's that possibility. It is theoretical. Like you, you, there is a, you can do it, but I, I argue that you cannot get the private keys of everybody. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah. One, you, you cannot pay everybody like whatever. I don't know how to get them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that, that is it's that is a really exciting um, shift, and it's people have been have trouble wrapping their head around DPoS because of the governance and because of the uh, you know because 
there's humans involved and they think that automatically means that it's, it's a weaker chain. But um, I've always taken the stance that there's somewhere in between where we can utilize blockchain and DPoS uh, as a tool, but still keep some sort of, uh, of human interaction because uh, humans aren't necessarily fully incompetent. We don't need to go just straight code as law. You know, there is somewhere in between. And I think that uh, EOS is starting to find that balance a little bit more than um, I've seen in any of the other cryptos out there. Uh, that's why I'm so interested in it. Um, I mean, code is law is for me a nightmare being a developer. <laughs> Uh -huh. it, is, it is a bad future to, to be uh, where the law has bugs and code has bugs. Uh, you don't want to have code as law. Uh, it is not possible. It is an idea, but it, uh, it can never work. You, can, uh, you will always need to update code. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's okay. I mean, you need to fix things. Uh, that are not supposed to work as they as, as you want them to, as you agreed that they work. Um, so, and, and and because you will never have code that is uh, bug free, uh, it's weird to to have code as law. Yeah, it's like code as law has always made me think that you'd need like some god god omnipresent present coder to like predict every. Uh, possibility in the future and code it all in there with some sort of like perfection <laughs> you know it's just it's just not it's just not not happening the, the uh yeah exactly uh, i mean even with uh you know uh, there's um also some research going into with um languages that are more mathematically complete like uh, let's say uh, that you can achieve that. Um, no, it, it, it is never, it's not about the language. It is about programming. And if you think of every case, which you cannot think of every case, uh, it's impossible. So, I mean, people, you have, for example, uh, functional languages like Haskell, for example, they say that you can prove that it's correct something. Um, if, you, if you give me a, a program in Haskell that has no bugs, um, I will withdraw, but there's no such program, unfortunately. It is easy when you have a one function program and you can prove mathematically, like write five pages of mathematics and say that this function uh, works properly. When, we, when you have like 10,000 of these functions, there's no way. So yeah, we, the, the intention of the code is law. Mm -hmm. Let's say that. Yeah, well, that's, uh, we've got, a, and it, it's interesting to be on the very bleeding edge of, of DPoS and seeing the little tweaks and the different, I mean, they're still talking right now about changing the voting style. I mean, there's, there's still big changes um, that are then big tweaks. That would be a, an interesting one. Um, so it's, it's cool to be on the bleeding edge and see these, these changes as they come through and how they're trying to solve all these problems. But um, yeah, but yeah, it seems intent as code as law is really needed right now just because we need the ability to be agile, to move around because we're in new territory here. So. Yeah, and people are realizing that. Like look at Ethereum, for example, where it's like the main ambassador of code is law. They, they coded in uh, the difficulty bump. I don't know if you know about it. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so, and they coded in like, two years ago, and now they just change it. 
yeah. code was low for them, they shouldn't go in and change it, or it shouldn't be possible, but somehow it is possible. So all it, it is mostly, uh, let's say, marketing that uh, code is law is not in no project and embracing that it's not law it's what will make a project amazing and, and work basically mm -hmm. so um let's let's segue into uh, eos planet and it sounds like um eos planet is uh a like minecraft but you've added blockchain put it uh integrated it with the eos blockchain can you tell people what EOS Planet is, and then um, a little bit about how it works. Uh, well, EOS, EOS Planet started out basically as an, an experiment, um, and also, you know, Minecraft is a game where you build things, and it, it really flourished on when you could actually join servers, centralized servers that you can build with other people around. So um, yeah. I remember from the first time that I saw Minecraft being used like that, I was like, what if this world was like persistent, like you could, what you build is there and it's not like on someone's server. It is um, everywhere. It is, uh, you cannot change that. Uh, no one can take it down. So with, when EOS came out and this was probably possible now, you really don't know if it's possible until you implement it. I was like, let's try and see if that can work on EOS. So um, that experiment was a success. Um, and uh, the idea is that you can have a, a world that is built by people and it is there. It is fully decentralized. There is, the world is not residing on someone's um, hard disk. Um, and that's why I went uh, for full decentralization. I mean, uh, currently, I can really say that EOS Planet is the only fully decentralized DAP on, uh, on EOS. There is no backend server anywhere. You can actually, if you, if you take the files that the web server is running and put them in a folder on your computer and start the index, file you will join the world of, of eos planet there's no server to, to take down if you have the files you just um connect to the chain and, and you can uh, roam in the world um so it was something that i wanted to do and see if it's possible and it was Wow, that's. Uh, can you talk about more about the full descent? Well, actually, let's start at the beginning. So it's a. Okay. So you've basically got a, a persistent world. So if I log in with a new account now and I go into the EOS Planet world, I'm going to see everything that everyone else has built since the beginning of um, EOS Planet. Exactly. And anything I do is gonna is gonna stay there. So is there like a first block that was laid somewhere in the planet? Do you know yeah, where that is? Okay. Yeah, we can see where that is. Uh, I don't I haven't looked, but um, it is a, a blockchain game, so you can see that you can. Um, um, I, at some point, I was actually wanting to create a client that allows you to fast forward days and or go back days and see the world build up and 
get destroyed as you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that. Um, wow. And the, the thing is, that the exciting thing for me, which is probably a geeky thing, I don't know, uh, it is that this thing is not somewhere. It is, it, it's really a metaverse. It is everywhere. Yeah. It's not on a computer. <laughs> that, that is pretty wild. So, I mean, all it really takes to access this metaverse is to log into the, into the chain with, with, a pri- yeah. with your own private key. You log into the yeah, chain to exactly. have access to this kind of abstract universe that's out there that can't be taken down. That is pretty cool. Yeah, you have you, you know the, the file that you run on your browser? Mm-hmm. It's just an interpreter for, for that world so you can see it. Um, the world cannot be taken down, cannot be deleted. Uh, as as, as uh, your EOS tokens cannot be deleted in the same sense. It is there somewhere. So your browser just acts as an interpreter and access to the, to the metaverse, basically. Exactly. Wow. Um, so you said things can be destroyed and built. What's the, so, I, I, so with building, you're, probably, you're going out and you're mining a piece of earth and then you're turning that into a block and building. Uh, what's the cost of building? How's that, the, that work? Well, um, EOS plans in the, in the beginning uh, was a bit different than what it is now. I mean, the economic model was not really valid at the beginning. So, the basic idea that we uh, that EOS planet has now is that you can you can go mine, and that means that you take a block out of the world and you put it in your backpack, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then you could go and place that block somewhere that you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, there are various types of blocks like dirt, bricks, uh, gold, uh, things like that. And uh, each block has a price. This is like a bit like, this works mostly like the games with pixels, like you buy a pixel from the previous owner. So uh, if I if I put a block in the world, I the the price uh, that the block has gets paid to me if someone picks it up. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> what if I is is a way to let's say earn uh, earn money there? What if I just went out and just hunted a bunch of blocks and then put them in a pile somewhere for sale? Is that do you have people doing that yet? Uh, yeah, that's a valid strategy. If you're, you can be like a, a marketplace for for the game. I mean, you can go mine somewhere and get some gold out. You can place it somewhere where people can see it, so you can pick it up and you get uh, you make money out of it. That's kind um, of yeah. So also, you we we have a token for um, the mine token. And every time you do something, you get a piece of um, some tokens, depending on the value that the blocks that you get have. And this is basically for the future, um, because as I said, that was an experiment in fully decentralization. I will eventually want to publish the source code of this and the team that uh, all teams can make different versions of it, um, make make it uh, add features and people can actually vote with the tokens 
as stakeholders in this world to which version um, they want or or pay them in those tokens so it is valid for them to continue working on developing the game uh, which is which I don't want to be me for example I, I I might be me if people like what I do and you know is this kind of experiment on the developer side yeah that uh that that reminds I mean that has some analogs other DPoS. um so you're running on the EOS mainnet, is that right? Or do you have your yes. own? Okay. And no, no, this is uh, on mainnet. I will be launching on Telos soon. Okay. Uh, also. Um, how right now it's, it's on the mainnet, yeah. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> how do those uh, tokens, so it doesn't sound like the, the, would there almost be like a worker proposal system or some, sort of thing to incentivize the developers to build these custom models or would they build that into their model as if it's a get, if it gets accepted they get a certain amount of uh mining tokens or how's that how's that look how's the incentives for people to continue to develop uh play out um look this is a, the it's not exactly fleshed out mm-hmm. yet and it's not about doing uh, models in the, in the world. I mean, it can go that way. You cannot really predict uh, what people will do. Uh, I mean, you can have people build for you and you give them tokens on the world, but um, that's not something that is designed in yeah. there. The, the idea is that this will be about the, the moving forward with the development of the game um, in a democratic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, because, because the game, the fact that I have a web server running and I have a few files there that the web, servers, the web server serves, uh, it doesn't, it's not like a web server that does any work. You can take those files and put it in your uh, computer or put it on your own web server and that will connect to the same world. So maybe different teams will do different things with this. And you will choose uh, which client you you will use for this. Maybe someone come up with a VR client that I don't have time to do. And eventually, maybe they will be incentivized to, to this token. I mean, the, the community might uh, pay them in tokens mm-hmm. uh, based on on the value they have in the game. Yeah, that 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 approach. I mean in reality is kind of only the the only way to do it because uh predicting the future in crypto is is nearly i mean it's it's not really possible uh we leaving it open and 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 seeing where it goes is kind of the only way to do it um and that's what block one's been good at as well is building the ecosystem and and trying to set it free to the people and see where it goes as much as possible Um, Mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned vr i actually um that was one of the first things I was thinking when I when I was looking at uh, EOS Planet was that it would be really fun and immersive to be within a virtual reality. Um, I've been playing High Fidelity and some other VR lately. I just started checking it out, but VR is coming along uh, really quickly. It, it snuck up on me because it, you know I checked into it about a year ago and I was wasn't ready yet. <clears throat> now it feels like it's going fast. So um, yeah, I could see this being fun in VR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean already EOS Planet is is developed in the way 
that allows for infinite worlds, basically. It is only uh, a function of the available RAM that EOS has. And to actually make it work, it was very hard. I mean, that's why C++ was the only way to do it because you can actually optimize to, to the bit level. Um, so a lot of optimization went in, so you can actually store that 3D world of voxels in an efficient way with expensive RAM. Um, but right now, as it is set up, if the world continues growing, um, you, um, you don't need um, anything uh, to, to change anything in the game, it can grow forever, like uh, remove the boundaries and you have an infinite world. It is auto-generated mm -hmm. as you visit it. So um, RAM is the only limit right now. And the, by, by the way, the people pay for, uh, um, for blocks, the RAM is getting paid for that way. So it can grow forever. Okay, so when people mine blocks, they pay some of RAM, they pay the RAM fees at that point. Exactly, yeah, and the price is set in in that way, so the contract can um, uh, pay because when you place something that is stored somewhere, as you understand, mm -hmm. so um, that is in EOS RAM. So to get, uh, you need to get a balance there, so it is, so that the contract doesn't run run out of RAM. That makes sense. So it seems like there would be two RAM transactions. One would be like mining and putting a stone into your backpack, and then another one might be setting it somewhere within the world. Is that is that two different transactions? That's two different transactions. Yeah. Okay. Placing in the world doesn't cost. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's when you, you mine something mm -hmm. uh, that you pay the price that the previous owner set. Okay. So, uh, but when you mine something from the world, like you start digging the mountain, you pay the, the minimum amount that is uh, required for the system to continue working, basically, to cover its costs. Okay, that makes sense. So some people might really want a piece of gold they don't feel like going out and um you know finding it from somewhere so they go actually mine it and pay more for it somewhere that's more convenient um, exactly yes exactly uh, okay that's that's what a cool concept so let's talk I about mean, okay go ahead uh, one more thing sorry um right now you cannot craft which is a big part of minecraft <laughs> <laughs> So this is under development right now and will be released soon. Then you will be able to get, uh, you know, first order materials, let's say, and from those create more complex uh, materials that will actually make you profit if you um, uh, craft them. Okay, so if I were to collect like two gold and one stone and four dirt and then craft those together into some like one. Exactly. There, will, there will be recipes that you, they will not be published also. So there might be uh, secret recipes. That oh, cool. So when you find it, it's up to you if you share it or you keep <laughs> it and you know, you make the cool things. Uh, uh, that's fantastic. That would be, that'd be fun. You'd have kind of a little, 
mental, like your grandma's recipe in your head and you get to decide whether you're going to tell anyone or not, or just be the only Exactly. Only. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool. Um, I was going to ask about things being destroyed. Uh, so if I were to build a, with, you know, some sort of a palace somewhere or something, and then someone wanted the material from that, is that kind of free game for them to come take bricks out of that? Yeah, they can. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, part of the game that you can get like attacked. I don't know how to say it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then you have to repair or, um, find out who, who took it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Other things. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So if, if you were to, let's say someone took a gold brick out of my palace wall, and then they put that gold brick somewhere else. So I went and got it back, that same brick back again. Would it cost, uh, would there be an... It, it would cost more, yes. So each time it's traded, it's increasing value. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Interesting. So the, so people might get into fun little, fun little battles taking each other's walls down or something, but it's going to cost them a lot of time and energy yeah. to do that. So um, Exactly, yeah. And I guess they're going to be making money. Well, when, if your wall is getting taken down, at least you're making a little bit of rewards because someone's essentially buying it from you. You're making more than you well, than you spent to build it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, you said that the world's auto-generated. Um, yeah. So the as you, I mean, you can essentially explore. I mean, if, if there's kind of an edge to the world, if you walk past that edge, then it, puts more world out there for everyone exactly yes uh, right now it is constrained it's going to be a bit for, for some time quite some time like that mm -hmm. but um, uh, because right now I don't want people like running off to, to different places it's better to keep keep it close mm -hmm. um, but the system can generate world for forever so essentially I will fix it to about a hundred times what it is now. And I don't know if it gets very crowded here, we'll move to some, we will expand the edges, but um, right now it's going to stay at that, uh, at that level. But it is procedural generated, so it can generate the world forever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it makes sense to keep the activity close together in the beginning so it stays interesting, so you don't just have a bunch of people out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <clears throat> what if, so I mean, it, it's almost, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many, it'd be so interesting to see all these different incentives play out. I keep just thinking of what ifs, what things you could do yeah. in the game. Really fun. Um, what would you say that the main difference is right now um, between features that uh, something like Minecraft has that that hasn't been added to EOS Planet yet. I know that there's crafting that hasn't been added. Is there anything else that's kind of big in there that you look forward to adding? Look, basically right now is um, um, crafting, of course, uh, as you said. Uh, beyond that, it is mainly uh, more materials, mm -hmm. the variety of, of materials that you have that is going to be increased uh, I'm going to add new materials as we go along. Um, one thing that uh, I would like to see uh, on EOS Planet soon is the, um, to, to make it more uh, interactive. I mean, um, 
but that is not easily done uh, in a fully decentralized way. But because it is not a feature that is essential, I mean, what I mean with uh, interactive is like, I can see somebody next to me, you okay. know, like a, uh, a, a play and I see the other player next to me moving around. That is not very easily done without the backend. So um, maybe in the future, I will add something, uh, a backend or, and possibly something that you can run on your machine and help the network. No, no one specifically will run that. So people can see each other around, running around. Um, uh, that will, you know, make it much more uh, uh, interactive, I think. But that's, you know, for, for later. Yeah. So that's like a, <clears throat> that's like a second layer addition, a, a higher level addition that someone can add on. I mean, it doesn't even have to be you. Someone yeah. can add on in the same way they can do, <clears throat> do VR. I mean, add on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if that goes down, if, the game is still there. We just don't see other people, and um, it's not essential to the decentralization. It's just augmenting it, so uh, it is okay. But to, to to make it fully decentralized, one browser need to talk to other browsers, which is not technically that easily done and feasible. Um, so that's why I'm not doing it right now. Mm -hmm. But that would be cool. Uh, it's a thing that I look forward doing. Uh, in the future how's how's um so currently how's the community and how's the um and everything growing and like what's the what's that look like um it is not too, uh, as good as i would like it to be <laughs> i mean the game had uh hundreds of users mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, right now it is, it has about 30,000 blocks built, wow. um, which is okay, but um, mostly because of the wrong economic model that I had in the beginning, uh, it uh, flooded out uh, soon. Um, so, uh, but you know, also a lot of people don't really uh, know about it. Hopefully that will change. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's okay. It is a steady thing that, that works. I know that everyone that sees it is like, um, understand that this is a very you know, exciting thing to see running on a blockchain. Um, so, yeah, I, I consider it, um, I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. Really happy. And soon I will launch it also on, on other side chains. Um, so other people can also uh, jump in. Yeah, if there's, I mean, if there's different communities out there, um, it is, it is something. It what's cool about it is that it doesn't have to necessarily grow fast. Like you said, it's just persistent. Just over time, um, there's kind of this world being built, and as it gets bigger and more interesting, it has more has more draw. Um, we were talking about a little bit before the show that that even though I'd personally heard of EOS Planet, I hadn't actually logged in and, and checked it out yet. Um, so there's a there's probably a lot of people who have heard of it but haven't made the time to go check it out. So hopefully, hearing more about it make it more more uh, more draw people. 
if they know what it is. Um, I mean, as you said, it's because of the nature of blockchain, this is going to be there 10 years later. Um, I mean, no other game can, if you go to, to run a game that you had 10 years ago, you probably won't even be able to run it right now, not even like load your save games and see what you were doing. This uh, is going to be there. So that in itself is, you know, you don't need to make a, a big bang. It, it can be there and people that are interested go in. Maybe it will turn in a EOS museum at some point, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was, I was kind of going there with my little thought experiment earlier when I was wondering, you know, who laid that first block where it was and, you know, there's going to yeah, be, yeah, yeah. there's like, once things are kind of put out there permanently like that, there becomes this instant uh, history, um, you know, like people collect that first, the first crypto kitty just because, <laughs> just because it was the first one, you know, there's. Yeah, 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 true. I mean, you can. It would be interesting to know that when someone put a cigar at Mario, there's a Mario in the world, uh -huh. Super Mario, and someone put a cigar on him or something. <laughs> so, so you can go back and see when that happened. Mm -hmm. Is that something uh, in the future? Are you looking to do like a like a, almost like a block explorer within within the ecosystem at some point where people can kind of search history of buildings or things like that? Yeah, that's uh, one of, I really want to find the time to do that. Like the, you can go back and see um, how it looked at a specific time and day and see what happened. Yes. So, and it would be a literal block explorer, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How funny. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to, uh, to see the days pass or, or speed up the time and watch things exactly. get built. Like you're saying. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting, especially for something like if people had a couple uh, areas that they were battling, like taking each other's building down and rebuilding other places. It'd be fun, fun to see their their battle play out. Um, I mean, in the beginning when I did the the trailer for the game, the the video trailer, mm -hmm. um, if you have seen that, it, it it features like time time lapse sunsets and uh, the sun rising. So if you think of that with bolts, uh, with the blocks getting built and being destroyed, that would be a cool trailer for uh, for some later time. That's why I really want to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have seen that with the square sun coming up and then setting. Yeah, arc. Yeah, I've seen yeah. That. that's cool. That's cool. Um, so, is there anything else like that's going on presently with um, before we get into kind of maybe a roadmap for the future? Is there anything presently that's going on with with EOS Planet that we've glossed over? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we, we covered many aspects of it. I don't think we missed yeah. something important then, I guess. Um, and then we, we've actually done a lot of the a lot of the future of EOS Planet too, with kind of, uh, yeah. you know, it's been given to the community to, to develop how they want, you know, possibly VR in the future, possibly, mm -hmm. um, you know, possibly some sort of interaction, a little bit more interaction. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a lot of possi possibilities. I mean, that's the word that keeps popping up. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything anything else in the future that you're that you're thinking about that that might be coming to EOS Planet, or that you might just have visions of? 
Uh, no, I think I covered uh, the most important things. Nothing right. comes to mind. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a fun project. I, it just, it's just—it's—it's a blast. I can't, I'm going to get in, log in, and, and go play around right after we get off the right after we get off the <laughs> podcast here. Actually, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a project that uh, what happens when I talk about it is uh, I get excited myself um, with the possibilities. You can think of so many things that you can do on it. It, it's the hard part to actually decide which way to go. It is so that, that's why I also think about the future that open sourcing it and different people working on it, doing in parallel things. So mm-hmm. you can see the VR thing, you can see whatever people come up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a, that'll be fun. Open sourcing it will, will there'll be a lot of people out there. Uh, open sourcing gets some really interesting ideas and interesting characters out there building. So um, that'd be a, that'd be a really cool mm-hmm. future for it. So what is where can people find you on? Um, like, where's the best place for people to go if they want to be a part of it or talk to you? Well, they can um, uh, of course they can visit the website, which is eosplanet.1. Mm-hmm. Um, there they will find uh, the Telegram channel. A group that we talk with about the game, where we talk about the game, um, or personally send me um, a message on Telegram. Uh, I'm EOSDev1, that's my nickname there. So, yeah, any point. And I'm glad, always glad to, to communicate with people uh, about EOS uh, Planet and in general about blockchain. So, Cool. Well, uh, yeah, so people can go check out the website and, uh, it would be like for someone just visiting the website, they're going to go visit, they're going to log in with scatter and what's the, what's kind of the UX as someone goes through the very first steps of, uh, of this look like. Well, even if you don't have scatter Mm -hmm. just by, uh, launching the website, you immediately, uh, you will get a message about synchronizing with uh, the chain. And after that happens, like, Two seconds after you will uh, be in the world, you will be able to move around, look at what other people have done, have created. Um, but if you want to interact with that world, like build or mine, you will have to uh, log in with Scatter, your with your account, and then you can you have a like if you have played Minecraft, you will feel right at home. Um, you have um, a pickaxe that helps you mine. And the blocks that you mine um, get added to your inventory and you select them and you build with them. It's pretty straightforward um, using the game. Um, of course, because it's a blockchain, when you build something, you need to, your transaction will need to be signed by Scatter. So it gets committed to, to the chain. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's cool. simple enough. It's, it's, it's anyone who's using EOS will be able to figure that out pretty quickly. So yeah, uh, cool. Well, like I said, I'm going to go check it out. Um, we're coming to the end of the show here. I'll give you a chance to say some final thoughts. And on my end, the EOS podcast, this is a good example of my EOS friends um, of why you should listen to the podcast also, because we've got secret shows that pop up that aren't on YouTube. Also they're on, just the podcast version so uh, this happens probably every 
you know, every few shows, there's ones that only, that's only a podcast. So, um, so do the podcast too. Um, EOS San Francisco block producer. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff with the EOS community. I'm actually, uh, we're hosting a state of the dApps on, um, this Wednesday, a big meetup in San Francisco. We have the biggest EOS meetup in all of San Francisco. Uh, we had a really killer community up there. It's, it's pretty crazy actually how much we have going on. Um, our, our workspace, our, we have a blockchain workspace, Starfish Mission. We did over 200 events, crypto blockchain specific events last year. It's all a blockchain workspace. Um, over 10,000 people came through foot traffic. Um, and that's the heart of EOS in San Francisco where, where we built a crazy community up there. So, um, yeah. So if you're in the area ever hit us up, uh, EOS San Francisco block producer or uh, starfish mission, our blockchain workspace. And, um, yeah, so that's what I got. Uh, John, any final thoughts EOS dev one, uh, about EOS planet and, uh, then we'll, we'll wrap up here. Um, well, thanks for having me, Brandon. Uh, I hope we discussed uh, interesting things uh, for EOS Planet and in general about EOS and, and blockchain. And looking forward to see you on the planet. <laughs> yeah, that was a really that was a really fun talk, man. I look forward to seeing you on the planet too. And uh, what a what an interesting project. All right, well, that's the end, my okay. EOS friends. Have a great day. The money is not the prime asset in life. Time is, and uh, your time is just a clap along if you feel